Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode 6 of the Chip Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Wiseman, and we have a, we have a pretty big one today. It's pretty decent sized. Uh, lots of news to come by. Um, sorry I've been a bit late on this one. Um, don't really have a good excuse. Um, we'll say now that these podcasts will be now on Sunday and Monday. I'll give you that warning. Either one of the days. Okay, but on to other news with the podcast. I do have some big news for this upcoming week and the weeks after weeks to come. So I will attempt daily update uploads for team reviews. So reviews of each team, their offseason going into the next team will probably be 10 to 15, 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes on each team. And yeah, I'm going to try and release one a day except for probably Saturdays and Sundays because I'm going to do this one Sunday. So we'll have those podcasts during the week, those episodes during the week. And then we'll, every week uh, we'll have our news podcast, which is this one. Uh, and this is the news for that. Um, other things that are happening. Uh, I don't think I have any more news, so let me jump right into things here. So we do have some re-signings and some big signings. Big one to start off with, Jumbo Joe is in Florida, back in the Atlantic Division, facing off against Corey Perry in the Battle of Florida, I guess, and this is a... Low value contract, low risk for Florida. Well, one year, uh, 0.75, 750K. Um, I think this uh, Jumbo, I mean, he does bring a lot of leadership to the room. He's a really good replace uh, replacement for Keith Yandel in that veteran section of the room. Um, I think he's a very good bottom six winger or maybe a bottom six center position. He did get 20 points in 44 games. He did play in the top six in the with the Leafs. From what I saw at the end of the season, though, I don't think he's. I think he's more transitioned himself into that third, fourth line player, that more tough and gritty guy. Uh, so I think he would actually fit better on Florida's Florida's bottom six, uh, maybe even a fourth line center. I mean, uh, this guy won a great passer. Was a great passer at this time at the top of his time bit slow now um i think he's 41 now but yeah i can still be great veteran leadership and i mean uh center core right now looking for florida maybe like barkov uh reinhardt um maybe lundell or achari and then on that fourth line you have joe or you have lundell or achari Either way, it's going to be a pretty interesting team there this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how Jumbo can fit into that. Um, Moving on here. Not really. Staying in Florida. Talking about Sam Reinhart. Sam Reinhart signs with the Florida Panthers. Well, re-signs. Signs? Eh, I'll say signs. Signs in Florida for $6.5 million for the next three years. Um, I really like this contract for Florida. This guy had 40 points and, tw- and 25 goals in 54 games in Buffalo last year. 
Um, as I said earlier, I think he's a very good option for a second-line center behind Barkov. Or he could also be a really nice first-line winger. He's uh, pretty pretty good both ends of the ice. Uh, pretty decently defensively responsible. But he can also uh, has he also has elite goal scoring uh, elite goal scoring potential. Well, maybe not elite, but he does have really good goal scoring talent, and he has a really nice shot. So I think, um, I mean, he can help lean into that. In my opinion, what the Florida Panthers identity is, and I'll get to this in the Florida Panthers video uh, video episode. Um, of that two-way team, uh, especially on the forward group. So, moving on here. Some young goalies are getting some dough. Shesterkin in New York in, with the New York Rangers signs for $5.65 million for the next four years. I mean, he this is a lot of money for a guy who, I mean, he's kind of proven himself. Uh, last year at 916, 2.62 goals against average in 35 games. Uh, the year before that, uh, also not too bad, but, uh, it's, it's tough to say that it's a good idea to give, uh, young goalies too much money. Um, he does, he's loaded with potential. Uh, he does have a great tandem there with Georgiev in New York. It's going to be interesting to see how, um, this New York Rangers goaltender um, tandem evolves into what I think will be one of the best tandems in the league in the future. Um, moving on here, Ilya Samsonov. Now this one's an interesting one. He signs with uh, with the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, for $2 million in one year. Uh, he did really struggle this year. 902 and 2.69 uh Goals against average again. That was only in three games, but so that's important. No, sorry, not in three games. That was that was in like thirty nine games this season. So I was thinking playoffs. I don't know why I was thinking playoffs, but um, it's very interesting to see how we can really bounce back this year. Because of course, a nine a nine hundred two save percentage is really not good, especially on a team that wants to make the playoffs and wants to actually do something. Them. I mean, this year he even had his. Uh, Job stolen by Vitek Vanishek, who is back then this year. And you talk about another great goalie tandem. If Samsonov can show the potential and talent that he had, and that I think he still does have, he could have a really good bounce back season. And talking about a guy who could have a very good bounce back season and who could really use one, Carter Hart signs with the Philadelphia Flyers for $3.979 million for three years. I know, very difficult, very difficult number there. Basically, four million dollars for the next three years. Now, Carter Hart had an atrocious year last year. Uh, eight eight seven seven save percentage, three point six seven goals against average in twenty seven games. He had his job stolen by um, Brian Elliott. I mean, you just can't let that happen. He did have a good year the year before at nine sixteen, but I mean it's gonna be if he can have a bounce back year this year. I really think I could see Philadelphia making the playoffs. I mean you got Claude Giroux up front, Sean Couturier. Uh, you got a much better, nah, a decently defend better defense this year with uh, Ryan Ellis and kind of Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, so that might help Carter Hart out. 
a bit. And if he can if he can bounce back, I mean, right now he's primed for a bounce back season. Um, he, the Flyers, I could see them making it in the playoffs or at least being competitive in a very difficult Eastern Conference. I mean, the Metro is hard. The Atlantic's even harder. It's going to be tough to make a playoffs this year in the in the Atlantic in the Eastern Conference. But it's going to be interesting to see, especially with that two very competitive divisions. And I really like this. Speaking of uh, Philadelphia specifically for this contract, I actually really like this contract for Philadelphia. I mean, it, you do have uh, one of the best, most talented. Or maybe not most talented, but most most potential talent, uh, highest potential uh, young goalies in the league. I mean, last year is compared to Carey Price, so that just says something there. Um, so I don't think this is. I think this is a, not a bad risk for the Flyers with a mid-term, low AAV-ish contract. Um, another uh, goalie who got signed here, and I think this is out of all these goalies, I think this is the best contract here. So UC Saros signs for $5 million for four years. So he played very, very well behind a struggling Nashville team last year. Um, barely made the playoffs, but UC Saros himself had a 9.27 and a 2.28 goals against average. I mean, you, that that's elite numbers right there. Um, he carried Nashville to two double OTs versus Carolina. I mean, they wouldn't even been there with, with, there without him. They, he carried them to game six. I mean, this goalie, he's a very good young goaltender. He's a bit, he is short. He's 5'10", but this could be, I mean, the shorter Pekka for Nashville in the future. I mean, they don't have the best, they don't have the best forward talent right now, and their defense talent is a bit lacking. I mean, they still do have Roman Yossi, but uh, I could see, I could see Nashville maybe being a playoff bubble team maybe being around the playoffs it's gonna be interesting to see where they go uh another resign here uh not one of the goalies though jacob jacob vrana jacob vrana jacob jacob vrana i'm gonna say jacob 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 swedish name uh so jacob vrana resigns for 5.25 million dollars for the next three years in in detroit and I really like this contract for Detroit. This is one of the most prolific five-on-five scores in the league. Uh, point a game in 11 games with Detroit this uh, season. Uh, with Washington, not quite. Uh, so this season he had 36 games and uh, 36 points in 50 games with 19 goals. But you have to remember he did get limited ice time with Washington. So Detroit, I, I really like this signing for Detroit. They're starting to get some pieces together. I mean, Moritz Sider's likely going to be in the NHL next year. You got on the goal t- uh, net, you have Alex Nedeljkovic, who you picked up from Carolina. Fantastic trade, by the way. I think I've mentioned this almost every podcast. Fantastic trade. And now you got Jacob Vrana signed up long term on that on that first line. And I mean, this could be a Guy, I mean, a full 82-game season next year. I could see him maybe being around 35, 40 goals if Detroit does decent. So, uh, it's very exciting. Um, now, next one, Neil Pionk. Now, if you guys, I don't know if you'll remember Neil Pionk, but he came over from the New York Rangers in the Jacob Truba trade. 
And I gotta say, right now I'd much rather have Neil Pionk than the then I'd much rather have Neil Pionk than Jacob Trouba right now. I mean, Jacob Trouba making $8 million for the next six years. Whew, it's a steep contract. But Neil Pionk, now on the Winnipeg Jets, signs a contract for $5.875 million for the next four years. Uh, he's a very good defenseman. Um, I got to say, I didn't love this contract at first. I do understand why it's so hard because, I mean, you've seen the defensive market this year. It's crazy. Darnell Nurse got $9.25 million. So I don't mind this. Um, so, uh, and I actually really like it uh, right now. I think he's a very good two-way defenseman on that top pair. And, uh, I mean, Winnipeg's been struggling on that blue line for the last few years. And, I mean, this is, Neil Pionk is a guy who can really help out um, strengthen that blue line, especially as he progresses more later into his career. Another Winnipeg signing here, Andrew Kopp, and he signed for $3.64 million for one year. And I have to say, I love this signing. Uh, this year, most notably scored four goals against Vancouver. Very exciting day. Uh, four goals in one game. Um, but I think this is also a fantastic signing for a very underrated player. 39 points, uh, 15 goals in 55 games. I mean, I, he's very good, not only offensively, but he's pretty decent defensively too. Um, I could see him fitting in third line for Winnipeg. Could even slip up to second line. And yeah, I really like how this guy will help Winnipeg. Him, Pionk. Uh, I think Winnipeg, I know a lot of people have mentioned this, but I think Winnipeg is a team that's being slept on a bit this year. Um, I think this is our final re-sign here. Yes, it is. Kevin Fiala, $5.1 million for one year. Uh, last year, th This year, he had 40 points in 50 games. Last year, 54 and 64. Um, I mean, Kevin Fiala, ever since coming over from Nashville, has just exploded especially compared to his um, counterpart in Nashville, Miko Granlund. Uh, almost point-of-game player, one of the best players in uh, Minnesota for the last few years. He's a really quick player with lots of potential and finishing ability. Uh, he does have to work on his defensive game a bit, and he has to stick to his game plan more. But if you can get him work on his defensive side of the puck more, uh, just his upfront talent and potential could turn this guy into a blossoming star. I mean, he already is almost a point, almost a point game player. I mean, there's not much left to do with this guy. And, I mean, getting him at 5.1, although only for one year, uh, he's not betting on himself here. On, his, on himself here, sorry. Not betting on himself here. I could see, um, I could see a very good year here from Kevin Fiala. But uh, that all depends on this next thing. Which is mo we're moving on here to Kirill Kaprizov. Now we're out of the resign phase. Now we are into the news section. We are deep in the news. So let's talk about Kirill Kaprizov for a second. Um, so just a bit of backstory in this situation. Kirill Kaprizov and uh, the Minnesota Wild have struggled to come to terms with the deal this season. Uh, Kaprizov had 51 points in 55 games, 
and that helped them win the Calder the Calder Memorial Trophy this year. Um, and the main problem that's what's happening here is Kaprizov is looking for more of a long-term deal, like seven, eight years, while the team wants more four or five years. And I think Kaprizov is looking for, um, I would think, maybe eight, nine million dollars, which is definitely a lot for a player who, I mean, he did have a good rookie year, but he, I don't feel like he's really proven himself. 24 years of age. Um, but here's where it gets interesting. Kirill Kaprizov said he was approached by CSKA Moscow with ten, with a $10 million one-year deal. Now, the interesting part about this is that according to CSKA Moscow, this is actually not true in that this would help be helping Kaprizov create false leverage. I mean, anything can happen. This is Putin's team for however, so... They could just be totally lying in that they do have an offer waiting for him, a tentative offer for $10 million. But, I mean, as it looks right now, it's not looking too good for Kaprizov to come back to Minnesota. Um, they, Bill Guerin says he's not too worried about Kaprizov going to Russia. Um, CSK in Moscow, while I'm sure they would love to have him, it doesn't seem they have the money. It's just a very interesting situation here. I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, it would really suck for both the NHL and Minnesota Wild fans if he wasn't back. I mean, this guy was a star, a stud in the league last year. And, I mean, being with Minnesota, being with Kevin Fiala, be, uh, I feel like would really help him out. And it would really suck to lose a guy like Kirill Kaprizov right when this team is uh, starting to come into his stride. I mean, it's, they're actually a team that was known as like one of the most boring teams of ho in hockey for quite a while is actually starting to become a very a very fun and I mean a very young fun team now. I mean they got Kirill Kaprizov trying to pull up uh, off some cool tricks with his and also sniping on the net. In the net they got Cam Talbot who has resurged back into form and also got Capo Kakinen who's also a very good young goalie there. Uh, you got you lost Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, but you do have Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba on the back end. Um, you, Jonas Burdeen. I mean, you got a pretty good back end, and up front, you like I mentioned earlier, Kevin Fiala. You got the very good young players, uh, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman. Um, who's that guy I'm forgetting? Oh, come to me. The name's not coming to me. Um, but yeah, Ryan Hartman and, like I mentioned before, Kem Fiala. And, I mean, this team, it's just building It's building itself. And it's building, Bill Guerin's starting to build this young core with Yoel Eriksson-Eck. That's the name I was looking for. Uh, yeah, they're starting to build this young core with Yoel Eriksson-Eck, too. And it seems like, I mean, losing Kaprizov would be uh, lethal to what this team has trying to become and trying to become this fun, energetic team. So I hope for both the team, the fans, and for the league that he can stay in uh, in Minnesota this year. Maybe not at $10 million. Though. That's a lot of money. Um, another, and more news coming up here. Now let's talk about Austin Matthews and his wrist surgery. Now... Austin Matthews, this is not too big news. Austin Matthews did have a successful uh, wrist surgery. Um, recovery time is six weeks, so he should be back 
around training camp. He might be a week late, but hopefully he doesn't push it and can be healthy coming to the season. Um, and I got to say something about Austin Matthews here. If this guy could get 41 goals in 52 games with a hurt wrist, how much could he have done healthy? Like, would this guy have been a goal a game? I don't know. It's just been something that's insane to me. I mean, Austin Matthews, probably one of the best, going to be one of the best snipers of this new generation of hockey players. And, I mean, 41 goals in 52 games. We haven't seen many people do that lately. I mean, the only person who comes to note is Alexander Ovechkin earlier in his career. And I do got to say something about Alex. While I'm on this topic, I know I'm getting a bit off track here, but I did see a comparison between Austin Matthews and Alexander Ovechkin in their early career. And, oh, my God. God, Alex was, Alexander Ovechkin was a beast. Like, at this point in their career, I think Alexander Ovechkin had, like, 90 more games, but he had, like, 100-something more, 180 more goals or something. And you think Austin Matthews, it's not like Austin Matthews is bad, but it just shows how electric Alexander Ovechkin was. It's just crazy. I mean, we'll see if he hits that, uh, uh, I think, his 894 goal mark. I think I heard that he really wants to beat it. And that's next... This, I think I mentioned it like next year, this next contract, I mean, sorry, last episode, but this next contract should hopefully get him there. Uh, let's get back on topic here. And let's talk about Elias Pettersson, or Pettersson, or Elias Pettersson, uh, however you can pronounce it. Um, but here's what he said. Elias Pettersson, Pettersson, says he wants to win. He does say, here's his quote, uh, his exact quote, I want to stay in, in Vancouver now, but I also want to play for a team that's winning and has the chance to go far in the playoffs every year. And this was from Hockey Hockey Sphere, which is the Swedish hockey news, and it was translated to English. Um, so that's a very interesting quote. I mean, Vancouver wasn't very close to winning last year, I'll just say that. Um, they do have a good young core. Uh, I mean, they got Quinn Hughes, Connor Garland, Oliver ekman Larson now, maybe not so young. Um, on the back end, they got, uh, in net, they have Thatcher Demko, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. Uh, they did, and one thing that happened last year is they did really struggle on the defensive end of the puck. But I will say that Pedersen was sidelined um, for about 30 games this season. Uh, he only played 26 games because of a wrist injury he had. And he is one of their most def best defensive forwards. But I don't know. Uh, the year before that, 66 points in 68 games. This, guy's, this guy is an elite player. Right now, a restricted free agent with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And um, I will mention something. The Canucks do have $10.6 million to sign Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. So, I mean, they would be open to an offer sheet right here. They did say that they would match any offer sheet that Pettersson gets. I mean, I don't think they can match it if it's over 10.6. I'm looking at you, Montreal. Great player here. Um, but in terms of Pettersson's deal, I think it will likely be a short-term deal. And But let's let me talk about Elias Pettersson here. This is a guy with fantastic two-way potential. Like, not potential that we've seen since Pavel Datsuk. I mean, one of the most best, the, probably the best analytic 
co-players uh, since analytics began. And also a guy who's both, uh, good on three stages of the ice, not just the offense or in the defensive end, but also in the middle in the transition game. And, I mean, you talk about the perfect player. You talk about the potential generational player here. I mean, he does have that elite uh, franchise potential to be that next player, that next franchise piece for Vancouver. Uh, only thing is, he is injury-prone. And, um, yeah, I, re I really like... I, I, I just got to say, I really like Elias Patterson as a player, and I like him as a person, so... I don't know. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, Mark Bridgman, if you're listening, offer then offer Elias Pedersen $10.7 million for like three years. Do it. Do it. Um, thank you, Mark Bridgman. You're going to do it. I trust you. I know Mark Bridgman is definitely listening to this podcast right now, so that is definitely something of note. Um, moving on here. Jack, back to Jack Eichel. We're going... Taking a stop, kick break, turning back around, uh, spinning, drift turn, back to yesterday's episode with Jack Eichel, and specifically with Jack Eichel on Robin Leonard. So Robin Leonard, a current goaltender with the Vegas Golden Knights, um, current starter of the Vegas Golden Knights now that Flurry's gone, uh, he played for the Buffalo Sabres from uh, the 1560 season to the 1718 season. And basically the situation is uh, Robin Leonard had a high ankle sprain in 15-16, which, I mean, pretty painful near the start of the season. And he was sidelined for about three months. Just a quick, um, quick um, what's it called, uh, paraphrasing of this article here. He says that uh, none of the doctors knew anything about hockey. None of the Sabres doctors, like he said that he would be surprised if they actually saw a puck before. And they actually screwed up his injury, so he maybe it made it worse. So he actually had to get uh, surgery. Um, and basically the whole process here is they sped up the recovery process, making everything worse. So he had to get surgery at the end of the season. So basically what they were making him do is like after one week, after having the high ankle spray in there, making him going like uh, high high velocity biking, um, doing heavy weights and deadlifts, um, and while he feels he should have been probably in a boot for four to six more weeks for him to get proper recovery, so he just um, basically feels like he's empathizing for Jack Eichel in the situation where he doesn't trust the Sabres doctors. And I just want to give my own opinion on the situation here. I mean, I love Robin Leonard as a player. I think he's a great player. And people always ask guys to speak their minds. And I love Robin Leonard because he's one of those guys who always speaks his mind and shares what he's thinking and shares his personality. People always say, oh, hockey players don't have enough personality. Well, Robin Leonard's one of those guys with personality, and then he's criticized about it. So I don't know what to say about hockey fans, but I'll get to that another time. Um, but I, I I totally agree with Robert Leonard here. I mean, I mean you, you just hear more and more details about the situation, about how things have been mishandled, how things have been mishandled with other situa similar situations in the past, how, if you guys listen to that 31 uh, Thoughts podcast, 
uh, or I guess 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick the other, uh, that I recommended. I uh, still go recommend that. It was with a doctor and basically outlined the injury and how like they want him. Everything is better about this one recovery. Jack Eichel wants to get it and the team just keeps saying no. And I mean, why would you want to come to Buffalo? I mean, yes, they suck. I'll give them that. But I mean, if you get injured, you can't do what you want. You don't have rights over your body. You can't choose what you want to do. And the doctors apparently are not trustworthy. They'll make everything worse. So I, Buffalo's got to do something here. This is a PR nightmare, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to be difficult to regain the trust of other players in the league, especially since your team is pretty, it's not great right now. Um... I mean, I don't know what else that organization could do just in general. I'll talk about that more when I get to my Buffalo episode later this week. But I feel like the whole organization, that whole everything there just needs a revamping, especially the owner. But moving on to that, we're almost reaching. I'm surprised we're reaching the end of this episode here. Uh, I thought I had a lot more. Oh, I, I, hmm. I don't know. I'll see if I can talk about something else. But, um,. Let's go talk about the Winnipeg Jets, and they are filling up the arena. Uh, the Jets plan to be at full capacity for the start of next year, which is really exciting, um, but only for the fully vexed. And, I mean, uh, I just I just wanted to bring up this point because I think it's great about how we're progressing as a society, how everything's coming back to normal, and how fantastic it will be. To be back in a full arena, I mean, the food, the smells, the cheering, just the players, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, we've been in COVID for so long. It's super exciting that they're opening it back up and that, I mean, the Jets will get to play in front of the full building. I know other, other U.S. teams were already playing in front of full building and a full building before, like Tampa in the playoffs, but... This is big for Canada. This is a big moment for Canada. Okay, all you Americans. <laughs> it's okay. We we love you down there. Um now this last this last point um is a bit a bit of a sadder note. A bit less bit a more sad note uh, here and that is uh Tony Esposito, uh former Chicago Blackouts goalie. Uh, passed away at the age of 78 uh, from pancreatic cancer and I just want to I want to take a moment here to celebrate this guy's career and everything that he did for the game. Um, Tony Esposito, one of the greatest goalies of all time, one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks of all time, Um, three-time Vesna winner, uh, won the Calder Trophy in his rookie season, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1988, Selected in top 100 players in NHL history in 2017. 15 shutouts in the season. Uh, one of the first players to ever use the butterfly style. And played most of his 16-year season with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, I, as you can probably tell from my voice, did not get a chance to watch this to watch this uh, guy in his peak. But from what I've heard and from the highlights that I've seen... This guy was a damn gold, good goaltender. I mean, he did use the butterfly style, um, and 
I mean, looking back on his career, played his rookie season with Montreal. I think he played 13 games. And Chicago Blackhawks got him for 25000 bucks from Montreal. And what an investment that would turn out to be. Uh, as I said before, three-time Vezina winner. Um, this guy would go out there uh, every night and just put out the... I mean, put out what he could. He one of the best goalies of our generation. Like I said, the the butterfly style too. I mean, you look, you saw the pads they were using back then. They were like these little twigs. They were twenty five pounds boxes of leather, and this guy was revolutionizing the game to what it is today. Unfortunately, never did win a Stanley Cup, but one of the great goaltenders of the league, one of the greatest goaltenders ever. Um. Uh, congratulations on the fantastic life, uh, Tony. You will be missed, and I would like to send my condolences to the Esposito family and to everyone who is cl- uh, his friends too. Um, Tony Esposito, we will miss you, and I mean, good luck with what goes forward. Um, yeah, I guess we're adding the podcast on a bit of a sad, a uh, bit of a more sad note here. Um, I mean, I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Um, yeah, uh, but you know what? Stay tuned. This week we will have updates. Every team try and be daily. I know this is a short podcast. I don't know how it's so short. I'm going to try and bring on a guest for next podcast. I'll see what I can do for next weekly weekly podcast. For next news podcast, I'm going to try and bring on a guest. Uh, might bring on some little games. We'll see. Uh, I'll try and come up with something interesting. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, thanks to Zalorn for help with the music. And please follow us on at Past Chip on Twitter. So... God, it's a very sad note to end up the podcast on, but stay tuned the rest of this week, and I hope you guys have a good one. Um, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. I don't know. If you listen to that, if you don't, I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to apologize for, I mean, not using this mic throughout the podcast. Uh, I thought I was using it. Did not realized that I wasn't until I finished uh, uploading. Um, Yep. Uh, Sorry about that. Thought we were doing that. And yeah, I guess I'll see you. Have a good one.